This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Yes, we are live on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Sportsnet's YouTube channel, Sportsnet Now, and wherever you download your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, David Sisboomboss, Sammy McKee, and pushing all the right buttons, uh, Derek Brandeo, who I want to sh- start the show with Derek. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I'm just totally <laughs> blowing you off. I'm blowing Sammy off. I never even considered looking at David Sisboomba. <laughs> I'm going straight to Derek Brandeo. I like it. So, Derek, what was the question that you popped your uh, beautiful mug in our studio and asked just prior to going on air? I asked if this feels like they're just kind of letting everyone's rage subside for like the next week or two when we all come to the sober realization that the best thing is to just run it back, baby. (laughs) I would have answered before yesterday's press conference with a a surefire yes, probably. Really? That's where I was leaning towards that they would just simply buy time and I'll find a way to talk everybody into give me one more chance. Really? But. Oh. But then I listened to the press conference. Mm Mm-hmm. Got nothing out of Sheldon Keefe. Nada. And then, Derek, I got everything out of this curveball by Kyle Dubas. Um, what I would say to that is that um, I think it, it requires me to have a full family discussion, Chris. So I, I can't. My family is a, a hugely important part of what I do. So... For me to commit to anything without, you know, having a fuller uh, understanding of what this year took on them uh, is probably unfair for me to answer where I'm at. I wish I could give you more, but we haven't been able to have those full discussions yet. But it was a very hard year on them. And uh, thus, it's tough for me to... What I would say is that I'm, I'm not going to... I definitely don't have it in me to go anywhere else. So it'll either be here or it'll be taking time to recalibrate, reflect on the seasons here. But you won't see me next week pop up elsewhere. I, don't, I can't put them through that after this year. That was one of the all-time great curveballs that I've ever seen in a post game, not like leveraging other opportunities as a UFA, just saying, I might just not work. You know what? You can throw 10 more things at me and I will come back to you and say, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea what he wanted to say or what message he wanted out there or where his head is at today. If we thought it was simply about Kyle going up on the podium and saying, much like Sheldon, I don't really know. I'm not in control. I'd like to continue the journey of trying to win a Stanley Cup for the first time in 19, since 1967. 
I like it here. My family likes it here. But didn't get any of that. Mm-hmm. We got the opposite of that, which changes everything. It's a great line, Christmas Vacation, where he says, you know, Ed, if I woke up with my head stable to the carpet, I wouldn't be any more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> Fantastic line. And I felt that way when I woke up this morning. Yeah. And I would have thought, knowing what I kind of knew when I wrote an article about Kyle Dubas and his contract being less about whether or not the Leafs wanted to give him a contract mm-hmm. and more about, hey, what am I worth? That's abundantly clear today that they never, they, they were never, they never left him hanging. There was hmm. always some feel that we we want you back, and, but we just got to maybe work on the number or the term. Right. But it 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 never felt for me since I I got that information that it was about. Uh, no, we're gonna have to see where we are after two rounds, and then we'll decide. Mm-hmm. I think Frank Cervelli, who's one of the better insiders out there has gone on record saying that they tried to sign him as early as uh, this past weekend. So something was there for him Mm -hmm. waiting. And I think the assumption was that he was going to take it this week. And then by the end of the week, we'd see Brendan Shanahan and Kyle together answering questions that everybody wanted answers to. Right. You know, I my first thought goes to his family. I know he has two kids, five and under. Um, really, I mean, I, I, I get if you want to have discussions with your wife. Yeah. Or maybe you're not you, consulting them. <laughs> I don't think, you know, too many kids under five are, are feeling the pressure. Yeah. Right? I, I think that's fair. Okay. But, like, you know, I, I think there could be complicating factors maybe with their health. You know, like, have there is there something going on with a family member that it's been he hasn't been able to be there to provide whatever support or stability he feels they needed, and that's total spitball, total legit. You know, like total something I get, mm-hmm. but that's not sneaking up on uh, the organization. Nope. That's something that would have been shared, right? They, I would have hoped that they have such a good relationship yep. he has with MLSC or the board or Brendan Shanahan or people around there, that they would be aware of that, mm-hmm. that, 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 was an, that was a concern for him throughout this process. Mm-hmm. I really got the sense that a lot of people in that organization were very surprised to hear about his family concerns in a press conference, not behind the scenes, behind closed doors. Yeah. And, you know, there are certain ways this could go too, where, you know, he's waiting to see how something plays out with his family in regards to their health or development or whatever it may be. And it just didn't arrive in time. Any clear answers, but you're, you're right, Kip. It, it does feel like, you know, is that what some of the negotiation is like, Hey, during the year, I just need a little bit more time, you know, away. Are they negotiating for, more so, money, more money, more time, more support, more whatever it may be. There, I don't know. Like I, I literally, I got nothing. I, I used to work with Kyle. Haven't talked to him in a long time. I just, uh, again, it just the timing of it and uh, how it surprised a lot of people, including a lot of people inside that organization. 
uh, I think it changes everything in terms of Kyle coming back mm -hmm. and whether or not, do you have to revisit that maybe Kyle just, his heart's not in it? It's just not in it. Oh, I no, I don't think you revisit that. He just about slit the throat of a fan in Tampa Bay for saying mean stuff about Morgan Riley. His heart's in it. Then who's then then what's holding him back? What's holding him back, Justin? It's not. It you think it's be. money? Is that what you're saying? I haven't got a clue. Yeah, I don't think it's about money because it would have. It would have been easier if it was about money mm -hmm. than For sure. keep it about money. There's no reason to drag your family in it. Unless if he's it's seriously about considering money. not working. Then he, if he's consider if he's if he's at that place, then I as an organization have to really revisit whether or not he's he's in the right frame of mind yeah. to move forward here. Fair. Is is he is he having does he does he need a mental break? We, that's a that's a big thing now, yep. and it's legit and it's real. So if he needs, if he's thirty seven years old, and he's he's feeling it right now, then he should step back. Mm -hmm. You don't want him now being the guy moving forward here, and this is this is high stakes, big league stuff here. Yeah, it's is billions it, of dollars at it's stake. It's just for, not that though. Yeah. It's it is in the biggest, hardest market per se. Yeah. That sure. it's not it's not Carolina, it's not Florida, mm -hmm. it's the Toronto market where you know that that blow up in Tampa Bay, is that a reflection of how short his fuse is? He said that's me. Mm -hmm. He said yesterday that's me. It is him. which I would have gone the opposite way. I would have played the, uh, that's not me. I, I would have said it's not me. That's not who. Or it, it'll come it, out again, though. He can't is, hide that. If it is, then that's not who I want to be. Sure. Right? I think people would have loved the, if I may do the, uh, you know, compare him to Trump and that and just go and it's, this is who I am. You know, I'm flawed. You like it? And people love that he went at he just Sammy liked it. Yeah, the fan base, they, they that's red meat. But that's for not fans. that's that's yeah, that's a that's a Sammy fan base. Yes. I'm starving for it. We'll do anything to but that's not a leader. That's not the behavior of a leader that you want. I agree. I agree. It's not. It's not. Listen, I went to my kids' little league last night, and the first thing they say is, Hey, your role here as parents is to just be good role models. That's all you need to do. Don't yell at the umps, you know, whatever. And that's the leader of any major organization. Be a bit of a role yeah. model here with the, your behavior. Until I, my kid's not starting. <laughs> yeah. Then me and you got a problem, buddy. There, you know, there's a huge human, human element to this. And I think when I re-listen to that clip, you do hear some pain in his voice there, like how hard it is. But like, at the same time, what did you expect going into this? Like, you're the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did you think you're just going to, like, have, you know, good sleep-filled nights where you're not worrying about a lot? This is oh, you're right. pro, you, this you is don't pro take sports. A, you don't take a multi-million dollar this, job within the, in the limelight this and is, then... This, like, go be the maybe GM. Maybe he's of, not surprised. He's just acknowledging it's yeah, been a lot. Yeah, no, I just... I, you know, I, I, have sympathy, I have sympathy for but him. I, I do. I'm trying to win a cup now. I know. And I can't I have a point. guy in there yeah. who feels overwhelmed i agree with that i agree i actually have got an article i don't know if it's up yet on sportsnet but part of the thing that i wrote about is 
I wonder if they could go back to the start of this core when they were building the building the culture or whatever, and just a little less kid gloves. I was with the Marlies when uh, Nylander came through and all those guys. They didn't let those guys talk to the media, Kip. They didn't let them play three and three when we no, had three no, and three. Not, not they, Lou. Okay, fine. Whoever it was, they had <laughs> yeah, the kid Lou. gloves on for these guys that couldn't do anything. They get to this team, it's support, take what you need, whatever. I wonder if they wouldn't go back and ask for a little bit more. You know, sorry, it's hard, but it's a hard league. You know, a little less coddling. And, you know, I, I get your point here where this is a, that's the business. And so if you need more resilience, if, if he is overwhelmed, that's fine. But it's okay to then step away. Yeah. But then there's, then you're saying that he should look at it and feel like they should have been less sympathetic. Uh, In some cases, I think they should have been less cautious with benching, sitting, public comments, you know, the way that they've kind of... More tough love. More tough love is exactly what I'm trying to say. Which is the complete opposite of what I saw out of Kyle yesterday. The tough love... If, if you're going to go the tough love route, here's some tough love. You're not getting any sympathy from me. I'm sorry. You're 37 years old. You got the dream job, okay? You didn't necessarily build up to it. Brenda Shanahan handpicked you when every other team wouldn't even look twice at your resume and say you're ready for this. You got the golden ticket. And you've been there, and and now if if a thirty seven year old could look back at a at a twenty six year old Kyle uh, Kyle Dubas, that Kyle Dubas at twenty six would go, oh my god, you're telling me I, I'm now going in my 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 sixth year as the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I just walked into a new contract, and we got a contending team. Oh my god, that's a dream for me. Yeah, and, and it's and he's not right now. It's almost as if he wants people to feel bad for him right now. Well, and what's so hard about this is we just don't know. Like, you know, if you found out one of his kids was terminally ill after this, we'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe we were saying that. Like, we just don't know. And but, so... But they would know. Brendan would know. I know, I and, know. And, and that's and just an extreme would know. example. And, and it's not, that's but it's not, why I'm careful here is what I'm saying. But that's not the case. If it was, trust me, the greatest thing in the world is usually when the truth comes out. If Kyle was having issues, there'd be a thousand people defending him today yeah. and saying, just so you know, behind the scenes, and I know I've been in this business a long time, yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. would call me and say, hey, hey just heads up here. That one. Just careful with him. He's feeling the pressure. There's a lot going on at home. Be careful. And the first thing I would say is 100%. You got it. Okay? That's not happening here. So it'd be wild if it was just a money ploy. I mean... <laughs> You know, that would be some sort of. Yes. You know, I, and it, 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 then just say it's a negotiation. Say, listen, we, we, we hope, I I hope we can work out details or just, I just think all of this could have also been avoided if he just didn't go on yesterday well or just yeah make the decision five days earlier if you're going to make it the next five days have a plan you know we are 16 minutes in the show and if he doesn't go on 
if he doesn't go on the podium, we're, we've, we've gone through Samsonov, we've gone through Ryan yeah. O'Reilly, we're talking about the defense, we're talking about core four. The, the dominoes can't fall until that one does. So. We, are, we are talking about a major storyline today that he created voluntarily. He didn't, nobody asked him yesterday, uh, how's your family feel about this moving forward? Mm. He just, he, he threw that out on his own and I'm here today, 16 minutes in, and I'm saying I don't have a clue he, what it, what his intentions were by doing it. Yeah, he made the comment, wish I could say more or wish I could tell you more or something at the end. I don't believe it's nothing. I don't believe everyone's well and fine. And There's something there. Right. And right now, uh, MLSE and, and Brandon Shanahan have to find that out. Yeah. And they got to do it soon, guys. You can't let this uh, just hang in the wind here mm -hmm. they need answers are you with us or you're not with us you want to contract well the hard part is if he doesn't then we got to start the whole process of interviewing you don't want to rush that process no you 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 have to you have to be doing it now to you're be in honest. competition with calgary you're in competition with pittsburgh yeah. Yeah. you have to go out there and tell the best people that are available right now this job's available who wants it yeah. I, I just, I don't understand what's, what would need two or three more days, you know? That's, Kyle Yeah, no, it. I know he does, but, it, you know. And I don't know either. You know. And I've the, been around a lot longer than you. Sit the couch beside your wife, say, here's the offer. What do you think? You like it? No. Yes, no. Okay, well, maybe tomorrow will feel different. Like, no, they need to know. Anyway. And, and Anyway. Didn't sneak up on them either. Like they knew they were in their last year of their deal, and they probably went through the whole process uh, of thinking about different scenarios, including mm -hmm. staying, including uh, going to a conference final, and what that number could be, and how many years we wanted. And hey, Pittsburgh's available. You want to sniff that out? You want to find out if they would be interested in us? If if the Leafs aren't interested, all of that stuff happened behind the scenes. Maybe he's waiting to see if he can buy the Sioux, give himself a lifetime appointment as GM, and have his dream job running the Sioux St. Marie Greyhounds, <laughs> his favorite organization in the history of sports. Just, I don't know. It's weird. Sammy, it's any weird. Uh, lasting words on this? Well, all, all we did was um, come up with... Uh, nothing? We haven't got a clue what, I, what happened yesterday. I think, I think a decision needs to be made pretty quickly here. And I disagree with you guys in terms of like, you know, this is a billion dollar organization, multi-billion dollars, so much at stake. Matthew's got like, probably should just let us know here pretty soon. You know, like I know you, you got to talk to your family, you know, you got to talk to everybody, but like there's, there is. Okay, what'd they say? There is franchise altering <laughs> decisions that all stem from what your decision is. Oh. So it might be time to make that decision. And I understand it's a hard one. There is a human element. I Believe what he said in that stuff, but, like, your job is different from others. You have, like Kipper said, one of the dream gigs in the world. It's, I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I see the Philadelphia 76ers get eliminated from the playoffs, and, like, the next day the coach is fired, accountability right away, and it's just, like, this mushy middle stuff where we don't know what's going on with anyone and no one's really saying anything. It's just, like... It's just more of the same. To from this Derek's question to start the show, I actually think people are going to be more upset if this bleeds into nothing and they try to sneak it back I, the same. I don't, I really don't want, if it's run it back, I will be disgusted. 
And I don't think any time's going to change that. I think the tone of our show would be very different next year. I, I really don't. <laughs> I, I have no time. Are you for still running disgusted back. if Brendan, Kyle, and Sheldon are back, but either Matthews, Marner, Tavares, or Nylander yeah. are are gone? Yeah, you're still disgusted. Yeah, I I, I don't. I don't think that's like, not enough change for you. No player I, personnel would not be enough change. No. I think there's just been too little success. Like I know they got past the first round and that's a great achievement or whatever, but you're trying to win the Stanley cup. You're not trying to get past the first round. They won one game in the second round. They're one game better than they were last year. I, I just two, not two. <laughs> I, I don't know. Is Keith's going to stick around. I have a, it, you know, I have a tough time with that. I really do. You know, I look at every other big four league or you look across overseas like chelsea's had three coaches this year they keep firing people in the is that true yes like people lose their jobs when you're a big team and you don't have results that's professional sports and it's just year over year we're getting told to run it back if they run it back again i will be disgusted (laughs) disgusted i think that's fair it's just you gotta have some accountability at some time it's the toronto maple leafs like, is this good no enough? Kid gloves, sandpaper gloves. Is this good enough? Like, you need a culture shift. Anyways. Okay, can I ask yeah. one more question yeah, before we let go of this? Yeah. Is Listen, I, I know at times I, I can be accused of being a little insensitive, you know, at least for my wife. <laughs> you know? Which, oh, by the way, I'm I did remind her. I, I got a little choked up when, like, Leo... DiCaprio let go of the, the door and drifted <laughs> into the ocean in the Titanic. Like, yeah. it got to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're human after all. The, 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 the feeling that Kyle left us yesterday was that um, this season took a toll on his family. Yeah, mine too. Yeah. No. <laughs> all of Leaf Station. Yeah, I'm, I'm being sincere. Okay, here. okay, okay. Am I missing something? Was it that bad? Was it that tough on... Were we hard on Kyle? Were we? Were, was the social media all over him? That that he felt a ton of weight on his shoulder this year. I saw a team that found out that they were in the playoffs playing Tampa Bay by November and had home ice advantage by January. I just I don't know. Doesn't where, get much smoother than that. I, I don't yeah. know where this no scandals. This, no this, this this feeling that. It's it's such a tough market on on it's on him or his family. Win. I don't know. The pressure to win is the only thing I got. Okay. Yeah. But it wasn't it wasn't really horrible from our end, was it? You were terrible. You're personally responsible okay. for all this. All right. You've been talking to my wife. <laughs> yeah. Dubis's sleepless nights are because of you, Kippy. All right. Yeah. So it it was like there's a, a top team. He got a lot of, I think accolades at the trade deadline oh yeah right like we, no, nobody was ripping them at the at the trade deadline no did the right things you no, kip it is start to finish it was as smooth as hockey seasons go it's just toronto and it's noisy okay if we didn't answer anything in the last didn't. 20 minutes let's hope that gord stalick has some answers for us leaf nation pre and post former gm of the toronto maple leafs hello gordo Kipper and Justin, I've been listening to you. Okay, so yesterday he answered the question, is Toronto a tough market, a demanding hockey market? They did a We Are the World video yesterday. I was expecting to see Springsteen and Cindy Lopner and Michael Jackson again. Did we win the Stanley Cup? Like, you know, everybody loves everybody sometime. 
You know, like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'm all good with that. I, I, I like the nucleus of the team. There's a lot of positives. It was a great regular season. But Sheldon Keefe's the only guy who said, we missed a golden opportunity because, great, you won the first round. But the first three games, Florida flat out wanted it more. And if you're going to move together with this gang, you got to understand it's not good enough to the first three games allow the other team to cut your space out, to want to win the puck battles. So all of a sudden, when you wake up and play your play a great style of games four or five, you got no margin for error. So and now to your point, like, you know, like Kyle Dubas, and I'm going to say with all due respect to anyone's family situation. Well, if it's really, if, if honestly, if 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 it's bought, if it's that upsetting, wait till next year. It ain't going to get better. Like you you know that that's the kind of thing. And I wish him all the best dealing what he wants to mm-hmm. do. But we need somebody. We need somebody like t- tomorrow, the day after to get at the task at hand. So, you know, it, it just was, it was just, it, it, you know, Kyle's news was uh, what we, what we didn't expect. Austin Matthews was a positive that he wants to sign long-term, but the other thing, did the guys, did they, did they have a theater arts class and rehearse everything they, they were going to say, right? It was, uh, it was all very positive. Everyone wanted to be back. You know, that was sort of the, the tone of the day. Um, so nothing caught you off guard with what uh, everyone else said from Kiefer, Tavares, all those guys said, said the right things. Were you surprised to not hear more, I guess, frustration or animosity? Uh, not surprised, disappointed, like I've been every summer. Yeah. And, I'm, and again, I, I don't mind the team wanting to come back. I like that this is an attractive organization. This is a first-class organization. If they're making it appealing for guys to play there and, and men and women to be employed there, that's great. I, I you know, I, I, I just like... You know, sometime a little, a couple of years ago after it was Columbus, Kyle Dubas was upset about the, uh, the, the social media stuff at Mitch Marner. You know, I mean, uh, after Montreal, they said, like, like oh, well, it's part of the learning process. What, what process? What process? So that, that's all. That's my only point. I, hey, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, you got two superstar players, okay? You got two. They'll, they'll live in the memory of Lee Sands forever. You got Joe Wall and Matthew Nyes as two real positives next year. So they're... There's a lot. There's a lot of things out there, but you know, again, what, since they won, in, since they lost in six to the Washington Capitals, got a standing ovation. You did not think it'd be seven years later they'd finally win a playoff round, and then really go out feebly in the next round because they woke up too late. That's all. I, I mean, I just if you're going to keep the same old gang, you, you, you got to get it when it comes to the playoffs. And I, I mean, I don't expect them to be skewered. I don't, you know. And you wrote a good column, Justin, about. The big four can't speak for the big four. They all want to be here. They're all independent parts. That's up for management to think and, you know, whatever, and figure all those kinds of things out. So, you know, I, I, got, I draw so many positives from the season as a whole, but just after Tampa Bay, and I talked on your show about, you know, really exercising yourself of all these playoff demons of 19 years, and then you put yourself back kind of in another one. So, Gord, what is, when, when you listen to Kyle's comments, uh, what's the first thing that you thought he wants more money, more power, or just sympathy? Can can I hold on before you go, Gord? I can I throw out one other theory? Sure. The, the theory being that he was pissed off that they left him hanging as a lame duck GM, and that that was what was hard on his family this year, and this is making them sweat it out a little bit too for how you know what his family's been through. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, it. That, yeah. I just want to say that's a very dangerous game. Well, yeah, yeah, no, no, that's, and you know what, I, I've mentioned it before, Alex Anthopoulos still owns the house four down from me, us, and uh, I 
talked to him quite a bit when he went through a situation that was very public because they'd already hired an heir apparent, right, with the Toronto Blue Jays. Anyway, and, and he left and went on and things worked out. And, you know, that, so Kyle claims, says, says, I shouldn't say claims, Kyle says that's not his intention, right? So, okay, he was, he was upfront about that. Brendan Shanahan didn't speak. Is this the first time Brendan Shanahan hasn't spoke at one of these? After, I don't know, but, you know, usually, yeah, usually he's one of the guys that speaks. So whatever that's, you know, and give Kyle a 10-year contract. I'm fine with that. Change general managers. I'm fine with that, too. I'm not the guy that does all that stuff. But the toll it extracted, which I feel bad about, feel bad about on family, then, you know, you, you, know, you, got, you got to, you're right in the, you got to get the boxing gloves and be right back in the heavyweight battle there. And, you know, I, I think he's put an excellent organization around him with Jason Spetz and Brandon Pridham and, many of the other people, but, you know, geez, it's, it's like, if you, if we were just talking about, you know, hiring somebody and they, and they were reticent about the job, your, your first inclination would say, we probably have to look somewhere else. I mean, that would be, that would be human nature. I'm not saying that's what you do here, but that's human nature. If somebody doesn't appear to be all in. No, I think that's only natural. Yeah. I'm okay with Brendan Shanahan not speaking yesterday because it's different from years past where, Last year was all about uh, another chance, and that was the message from the get-go, that we, we, we believe in this group, and they double down on, on the core, and that was the message right from the get-go, which is fine. That's what they decided. So be it. Brendan couldn't come out Monday and 48 hours say, we want to bring Kyle Dubas back. It was just, it would have looked like you didn't even give it any thought. Brendan was smart to do one press conference instead of two this week. And the thought was the first one would have come out probably at the end of the week or early next week that Kyle's got an extension. And everything had led us to believe that there was a a contract extension waiting for him. Did he change his mind at the last second yesterday to Justin's point and wanted to send a message that I'm not crawling back to you guys. You just don't get me. I could stay home instead of... Instead of taking your crappy offer, I, I don't know. You know, and and you know, Justin, when he mentioned that, that's exactly because Kippy, you articulated this was this was as smooth a year as Kyle Dubas, I think, has faced. Okay, there's no talk about signing Matthews Marner like it was a few years ago. As you mentioned, they were in the play, knew they were playing Tampa Bay in November, and by January, knew you had home ice advantage, and you know. So, uh, yeah, so, and the fact then that he goes public in an organization that's very private about anything internally, that now he has shared that with the general public, whatever, whatever this pressure is. And you're right. I mean, it makes you think that, 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 and, and the other part, Kippy and Justin, we saw with Gerard Gallant in New York, the fact that you appear one or two days after, does it mean you're still going to be here five, six, seven days, three weeks after, you know what I mean? I, I, I don't know what to make of everything. It is all very strange. So once he gets signed, well, I assume, or someone else gets hired, they got a lot of decisions on the table. And we've kind of gone over some of the bigger, higher-level ones for the first time in two days. I want to ask you about some of the other guys. They got a lot of UFAs. I mean, Samsonov, Ryan O'Reilly, Achari, Kerfoot, Hall, Kampf. Who among these guys do you prioritize, Gord? Okay, I uh, I don't worry. When I say, I'm, I'm not saying this dismissively, I don't consider Kerfoot or Hall 
a priority. I'm interested in what Gustafson's all about. They never really got to use him. The fact that you got McKay, but he's got some terms as term is a real positive. I loved Luke Shen. I thought I love Luke Shen and what he did for Morgan Riley. So I view him as a priority. Noel Achari, I view as a priority. I think I already mentioned Kerfoot. Uh, I you, know, you get a different kind of player for three point five million. Ryan O'Reilly, um, again, he was hurt. He never was a hundred percent. He'd be a great addition. I don't know what his asking price is or whether it's St. Louis he's going to go back to right away. Uh, you, Matt Murray, you probably look at buying out or making the ninth Peter Morasic type deal to take contract on because you've got Joe Wall and Samsonov as an RFA. And, and Murray did okay when he was around, but the injury thing's just too big a question mark. So, you know, it's it's not they're, – they're, they're not ridiculous issues. You've got Nylander and Matthews a year down the road. If Matthews, what he said, if he doesn't start, if talks don't, if you don't have an announcement in July, that's probably a problem because that becomes a distraction. William Nylander's the one about some people just want to trade him to say, yeah, we traded him. About time we traded Why? Well, hey, one thing Kyle said, he'll entertain anything. And uh, that's a little bit different than before. And he can only entertain anything up till July 1st when guys get no move or no trade contracts kick in. So, that's the kind of stuff. So I don't look, I really don't you know, look at it as, uh, I mean, Matthew Nyes and Joe Wall are two real pluses. You don't have a lot of draft picks. That's another unfortunate part of the legacy is that they've traded draft picks like a team that should have won a Stanley Cup or been in the final. But it's not like when Kyle got handed the keys and he had to sign all those guys. I mean, that was almost a bit unfair. It's so strange that, that Shanahan was impatient with Lou Lamorello and very patient with Kyle Tubas. It's so funny all these years later, but I don't think I don't think there's a ridiculous amount of work that, to be done. As far as uh, the the big signing, or I should say really two, because uh, Nylander's right in the same boat as Austin Matthews, both eligible to assign extensions July 1st. Where do you prioritize, and what do the deals look like, Gord? So, you know, Austin probably wouldn't go short-term. It wouldn't be bad to go short-term and see where the cap goes up in two years' time, and then you could get as close to 20% of the cap as you want. I mean, the thing about uh, hockey is, you know, unlike, unlike say, Vladdy Guerrero with the Jays where there's no cap, you, you have no idea what kind of money he's talking about, and could a team like the Yankees, you know, beat you by $10 million? I mean, it's a finite number for all 30 teams in the NHL. So does he... Want to get ahead of McKinnon's 12.6 for now. And, uh, of course, McDavid will top him, trump him with that in a couple of years. I mean, is it around $13 million? I mean, that's that's where I see him going. That's what he deserves. Yeah, it's going to be fascinating on that front, too. So as they her- uh, head towards these decisions, is Sheldon Keefe going to be the guy here? Like, what, how would you feel about it if Sheldon Keefe, if they brought him back uh, for another season? Uh, again, I'd be okay um shelf life any coach you know except if you're say john cooper and you're having that kind of success but you know kippy you know and these exit interviews now i mean kippy your exit interview you wouldn't say boo because that would come back on you and now (laughs) you know now the exit interviews like really beyond three years is a hell of a run for a head coach right now and it's shown you can get i mean peter DeBoer's taking his fourth different team to the conference final so you can get jobs elsewhere so you know, uh, I mean, that that's where I'd like to know more internally there. So, I mean, if they're going to keep him, fine. I, I've liked Sheldon. If they're making a coaching change, given the record and what the expectations and, you know, as uh, 
I know Sammy brought up Chelsea, for example, whatever. But you know, if it's uh, if it's the right thing, I'm fine with that as well. But I'm just this. But I'm just like, guys, this isn't good enough. Okay, I know y'all want to be back, but this sec. Okay, you got by the first round. Whoop de do. The second round, that's not good enough to attack it like you did the first three games. You know that that culture or something, whatever that it factor is, that has that has to be permeated and embraced and accepted by the team if they're talking about more success moving forward. They got teams coming up the butts now with Detroit, Buffalo, whatever. You know, in the Atlantic Division, uh, you know, has Florida passed them now? I, I, you know, whatever. I mean, there's a lot more challenges out there uh, coming in the regular season as well. Maybe a changing of the guard in, in the Atlantic Division, Boston, Tampa Bay, and maybe Toronto. Maybe this is the year that all three of them maybe take a step back. Yeah, I don't think right away, but you're but it's going it's going in that direction. I mean, they had there it's been the have and have nots for a couple of seasons, and certainly Toronto Maple Leaf fans know what being a have nots like when you you know. By the way, you know Kyle Dubas got a team that was in the playoffs. It's not a team that you look back and the first body of work was to get into the playoffs. They were in the playoffs. It was about having that kind of playoff success. I mean, that, that to me was supposed to be the marker after whatever number of years. And if you base it in the big picture, it's a failure. That's all. And same with Sheldon Keefe, if that's how you want to base it. But anyway, they can internally choose how they base things and make decisions moving forward. You know, you're never a failure when you come on the real Kipper and Bourne show. <laughs> Hate. <laughs> That's why I come on. That's why I come on. You know, that's I feel good. I'm, you know, like it's it's I leave and it's like the first day of the rest of my life. Right. Just great. <laughs> great work. Gordon. You know, if uh, if Kyle does decide he doesn't want to come back, uh, you could easily just slide in there for your second stint. <laughs> Would it be a raise from your current role? Gordon, do you think? How, how old were you when you had the job? I was 30. I was 30. I'd be like uh um, I, I'd be like, uh, who's the guy that took over from Jimmy Jones for the Dallas Cowboys that won the, uh, that came out of eight years of retirement, won the, uh, oh, for, anyway, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. 30 years old, general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did they have a parking spot for your big wheel? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, I got Punch Imlac's old spot. Nice. And, uh, and, and also, in all, in all seriousness, it was, it was good being single when you're GM. I just meant like, you know, there, there is a lot of pressures that I, I do empathize about that. It's uh, and nowadays there's di- there's there's different demands about you know, expected demands being a family guy that you like. I mean, gosh, you think of the old era where people would go on the road when their son or daughter's being born. All anyway, anyway, I was kicking ass, man. I was single, I was GM at least, and I had a parking spot. And uh, yeah, if those walls could talk, that's all they can tell you. I can only imagine. Can't wait for your documentary to come out soon. Well, that that one will have to be dead first, but it'll be out. <laughs> Bert Stalick, always Gordo. a pleasure, man. Thanks for doing this. See you guys. Yeah, I, I don't agree that Brendan needed to come out as early as Monday because there, if he already had answers, you don't want him to come out 48 hours you got knocked out. It's like... As you guys have a couple beers and decide this on your own, mm-hmm. uh, he's going to come out fairly soon here. You're right, you need to do I'm, a press conference where you don't know who the GM is. Like they had made him yeah. an offer, as mentioned, that would be super weird. Yeah. And all Kyle had to say was, "I don't have many answers right now. We're sorting things out. I'll speak when uh, yeah. I have answers for you." And nobody would have said boo. Uh, Chris Drury, he didn't go to the podium and tell everybody 
48 hours later that, uh, you know, what he was going to do with Gerard Gallant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, this stuff does take some time, and it is the the flip time of locker clean-out interviews and all that. Like, you need to get the players before they leave town, but it's tougher for the management. In many cases, they should probably just say, our guys, our, our leaders, our management isn't going to talk for another week or something like that. Just when, when, when they have answers, yeah. they'll, 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 they'll talk. They'll, they'll talk. Yeah. Leave like, it to the players. Like you guys are the press. You're going to be in town. We'll let you know and when it's Sheldon, happening. Sheldon, no one's talking about what Sheldon said yesterday. I honestly, Kip, don't yeah, remember. I could take a test right now. I'm not a clue. I, there's one thing he did say about how, you know, he didn't think that they attacked the, the, the Panthers as hard as they should off the start. They kind of eased their way into it. You're literally the head coach. You could have told him to not do that. Sammy, but he, he's, he's, he's telling us stuff we already knew. Yeah. We watched the games. Yeah, Sheldon, Kyle did a know. pretty, quite a job walking right? through the things he liked he Sheldon just, did, though. Yes. Which means that he was leaning towards bringing him back. Ah! It's a mistake. <laughs> it's a mistake. I, if it, if I'm not it saying whether it's a mistake or so, otherwise. I'm just telling so, you how I read the tea leaves. So you're going to go into next year and, you know, with a new-looking roster, and they come out Minus and have, Nylander. They have, a, hey. they, have a, they have a slow start, and it's yeah. like we have to have this conversation again if, in if, if we, October. If we pulled the real Kipper and Bourne show exactly a year ago after they got knocked out of the Game 7... Mm-hmm. He had the same conversation with me. Buddy, I, had I said to, bring it back. I, 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 had this, I had this conversation if they lost to Montreal. <laughs> I, I, a lot of people I, I always did. thought that was the strangest thing because, like, he came in halfway through the Columbus year or something and then had, you like, thought, the one thought, year in a bubble and people were like, fire him. It was you, like, well, you no, know, the, the Columbus one, no. But you thought, like, you thought that it was weird that people, after they blew a 3-1 lead to their most historic rival. It was his first full year and it was a bubble year and their captain was brained. No, no. That was... I would have been very happy with everyone gone after that. Yeah, that was that's horrible. emotional, not practical. That was horrible. That was good. In retrospect, it looks a lot but worse. I, we're, it's now the year 2023, and we're having the same conversations. Why are we having the same conversations? Because people don't believe that the same result will happen over and over and over again, and they have. No, they do. Well, you know what the none defini- of them are under the MLSE roof. Right. Do you know what the that's definition of an insanity is, fellas? Uh, is it playing the last results is the thing that's going to no, happen doing every this, time? doing the same thing over and that's over and expecting different results. That's also not the definition results. of insanity. Yes. God, I hate that quote. It's true. Like, you're just, you talk about these guys and shrinking in big moments and running it back. It's like, how much more do you need to see with everyone? Well, I don't know. The guys in the conference final as head coaches, Pete DeBoer, has he, has he ever been knocked out in the playoffs before? He's 7-0 and in game sevens. Yeah, okay, well, that's crazy. Ever won a cup? I don't know, has he? No. He's 7-0 in game seven. Him, How about Paul Maurice? How's, four weeks. how's Paul Maurice been in playoffs? Is he? Like, it, things change. People have success after failing. That's sports. Uh, uh, they've gone. They've had more success deeper without winning a cup than 100%. any of them. Well, now it's obvious. He's had enough time. I say it's time, too. Okay. It wasn't then. All right, we're just spinning around. Wow. Sammy, what do you have for us, buddy? <sighs> cool down here fellas so we can get into some playoff picks <laughs> Yay! presented by bet365 visit the app for the latest odds so the new round means new odds so i want to ask you guys this is a really hard question who's in in the conference finals no oh uh what can you list who the favorites are in order <sighs> <laughs> yeah, okay, let me try. Yeah, you go. <laughs> I already wrote them down. You did? Yeah. Okay, well, you go then. You're ready. Uh, Vegas. Eh. 
Carolina. Da- Dallas. Nope. I'm giving you my order. Yeah, you're wrong so far. So you got Vegas, Dallas. Uh, Vegas, Dallas, Florida, Carolina. All right. You That's know my what? order. I'm going Carolina, Vegas, Dallas, Florida. Nailed it. Ah! I'm a bookie on the side. Yeah, you are. <laughs> he was look. He probably looked. No, no, I didn't. Uh, yeah. No. Just like Aaron Judge, you're cheating. Aaron. Oh, is he Judge yesterday? Hitting bombs over Sammy's head, but he's looking towards the dugout, looking for. Cheating. What was that all about? Yeah, was someone cheating. chirping him? No, he was cheating. He was what? He was cheating. He was getting signs from the from the dugout, and probably he was sitting on slider, and he hit a slider to the moon, three hundred miles. So, is, is that really cheating, or no. is that just baseball? Allowed, baseball. To me, you're, you're allowed, allowed to steal signs. I, I'm fine with that. I There's no trash cans involved. No. So <laughs> I was sitting in the right field seats, and that ball was on its way up when it went by me. I've never seen a more majestic home run than that one that I saw yesterday. All right. He, he is a figure. Back, there he is right there on our other TV. Back to playoff picks. Um, I, I don't know. Like, this is such a – so Carolina's plus 230. Vegas is plus 250. Dallas is plus 280. And the, and the Panthers are plus 325. I mean, if you're looking for a bit of value, how could you not bet on the Panthers? They could easily win the cup. For sure. I think I like Dallas best in that regard. Not to win the cup, but like 280. Value-wise? Value-wise, I think I like I Dallas. Like, I like Dallas. Yeah. I like Dallas a lot. So there's that one for you. Uh, Kipper, who do you think? I put it in the lineup. Did you look at the lineup already? Who the cons my favorite is? I did see it. Yeah. Uh, Jack Eichel. Yeah. Is that surprising to you? I I like him, but. He played really I think, well last game. I think there's a chance that. Uh, Bobrovsky could easily go into mm-hmm. a favorite if if we see them get by Carolina. It's probably not going to be Nick Cousins, so even though he scored the big ones in this series. God, the Leafs have got nicked twice in two years. Oh, Paul, yeah, and Paul and Cousins. <laughs> Leafs are getting nicked up pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, yes. So then the other some other notable ones are Sebastian Ajo plus 700, Kachuk plus 700, Freddie Anderson plus 800. And Sergei Bobrovsky plus uh, ten to one. Mark Stone ten to one. Ottinger ten to one. Rupe Hints ten to one. Joe Pavelski ten to one's a nice one. Joe Pavelski sixteen to one. Like, would Jack be the most naturally gifted hockey player left in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't think it's particularly close. Maybe Aho in Carolina. It's not exactly the most star-studded field. I guess Kachuk is like you know whether you call him naturally gifted or not, but he's, he's like a hockey player. Yeah, you know right. he's not a. He's meat Pure and potatoes. Yeah. yeah. He's a meat and potatoes superstar. Yeah. And uh, the last ones I'll give you here for most goals in a series, uh, for both the series, Rupe Hints, Jason Robertson, and Jack Eichel are all plus 550 to lead the goal, uh, lead that series in goals. And in the East, Matthew Kachuk, who did not score in the second round, is the heavy favorite at plus 375 to lead the Eastern series in goals. So there you go. That was Playoff Picks presented by Bet365. Visit the app for the latest odds. Okay, let's take a quick break, and then uh, Mike Fuda will join us. Daryl Ray also uh, in the second hour, Dallas Stars TV analyst, and we'll get a little bit of his thoughts. Uh, Jake Ottinger, maybe the best goalie still, if goalie Bob does what Leaf fans would have hoped he would have done last series and disappear. Uh, And Peter DeBoer, as Sammy said, 7-0 in Game 7s. What an incredible feat. I'm Nick Kiprios. He's Justin Bourne. Sammy McKee behind the glass. And we are back after these words.
smart takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Real Kipper and Board on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Clearly we solved nothing with Gort Stalick. Like, really nothing. So let's just keep the show moving along and solve nothing with Mike Feuda. Love it. Not the fun guy to <laughs> No, 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 no. This is where the buck stops. He's got answers. Feuda has got all the answers for us. <laughs> Former NHL executive. Name on the Stanley Cup. Come you, on, You got a contract in front of you if Dubas doesn't take his Feuda or what? In a heartbeat. Can I, I can I meet you guys in like two hours and I'll go over what I really want to say? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you've been, ar- nice you've been around a long time. Um, end of the season, you've got your uh, clean up the locker day, meet with the players. Uh, you basically, the whole idea is to just get out as quickly and as quietly as possible. Anything but happened yesterday with Kyle Dubas's comments, correct? I, I, yeah, I mean, and I'll tell you, in 2012, the two best uh, press conferences ever were in 2012, 2014, because nobody can ask you anything that's going to piss you off because you're so hungover from holding on to the Stanley Cup <laughs> that it doesn't matter. But, I mean, I just felt yesterday, <laughs> it was, it was, fr- and I, first of all, I have a lot of respect for Kyle and as what he said as a family man, okay? Because that's true. Uh, and it obviously means a lot to him. And it's always meant a lot to him. But I just think the where that thing was at, it was like there was really no to evaluate whether there, what actually happened with the team. Should there be? It's like, okay, I'm going to go home and decide over the next couple of days whether I'm coming back. And there was never any really thought to are, are these guys coming back uh, based on what happened with the team? And I've been a huge proponent as you guys. I mean, Borny, I've sat beside you all year and I've talked to you guys, but some of these moves were, I, I loved them, right? Mm. I, so it's not like I'm not one of these guys that sits and throws, you know, and then says, oh, well, he just did a bad job. I mean, but I also, we called him out on some things, like whether it was, you know, Richie last year or Matt Murray this year, but he found ways of, he made up for his own errors, right? He, you know, Samsonov came through and, they had walls, so they never really became issues with for how the team performed. But I just I don't see the difference other than some slight verbiage between last year saying, um, "Hey, we're willing to do anything to make any trade uh, to make this team better," uh, but we're not just going to make a trade for making a trade for the sense of making a trade. So to switch, to switch the verbiage to saying, "Hey, if it's going to help us win a Stanley Cup, everything's on the table." I don't see any difference in what was said and, from and last year to this year. Yeah. Um, it's just if you like that should be the case every single year, right? Like there should be no well, it's, there. Yes, it's an easy. It's it's not, but we're not going to do what's necessary or what what's have you. But I mean, I just look at. I really think at some point it's easy to say, you know, and I obviously I, I would want Marner back on an extension and Matthews back on an extension and. But I also think that at some point there's got to be like what 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 is wrong with sitting down and having that conversation with John Tavares about where things are at, and and just it, it's not like where you just get asked a question by a reporter and everybody goes oh see he says he's staying so that's fine right I 
know, oh man, you know, got a picture with the pajamas. Come on, he's not going anywhere. Like this is huge pieces of decisions that have to be made. And and again, we're not behind closed doors to find out what they are, but it certainly sounds to me like everybody was just everybody wants to be back. Everybody loves each other. We're a real tight group. Everybody that come in comes in certainly. When you have someone like Ryan O'Reilly, and I've, I get it from Giordano, and I get it from you know Shenner, guys that I've been responsible with, that it's clearly the Taj Mahal of NHL of sports organizations. Like you get treated like pure gold. You've got Bobby Hasey, you've got the best of everything there. They travel first class, they eat first class. That building is like a mecca. So it is an incredible place to play. Yeah, there's added pressure, but think first of all, they're all they're all rich already. Right. So some like fortunately some and and that's it, that's they've earned the money. Right. Connor McDavid, same thing. He hasn't won, but they've had huge contracts. We were fortunate enough. And as I've said in the past, we we paid Kopitar's and Dowdy's after they won for winning. That's not the case anymore. And that's not just with the lease. So it's an issue is what it is. But I just, just like to see more passion, more accountability. I mean, that I mean, for somebody, a Toronto born kid, I mean, I interviewed whatever years ago with Shani. And it was very, you know, it was more just probably one of the most privileged days of my life. But, I mean, they were going with Lou Lamorello, and that's like you just tip your hat. You're going with Lou Lamorello. But just even thinking about being the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, is something that just shakes you to the core. And it should it should matter enough. And if somebody's in that position and isn't all in or has some questions, then you make a move. You, cha- you they, I, don't, I didn't think that press conference was an incredibly good look on the powers that be, as emotional and, and forthright as it was. I mean, all the players come out and say that you, they love Kyle, and I, I know they do, because <laughs> I tell me the same thing. Well, what's not to love? Look at the contracts he gave me. Look at uh, the warm blanket he's put around me for well, all these years. Well, and you know what? He's protected them. In the news media, I mean, he protected, obviously, he even said he protects him when he's in a press box and he wants, and a fan wants to chirp. But at some point, you know, they got to step up to the table and protect him. And, and that didn't happen. And, and it didn't happen against a team that they were much better than. And Tampa almost got to them, which just, it's, it's beyond me how you can be that good in something. And maybe that comes back on Keefe, uh, that these guys didn't find a way. To especially after taking out Tampa when they weren't at their best, be better than the Florida Panthers, um, you know. And they went into Florida with weeks left in the season when Florida was fighting to just get in the playoffs with their B team and wipe them out with Florida. So it, they should have been stomped out early. They weren't, and now the same questions are being answered. And and I personally think that there there does have to be some change, and certainly some change within the lineup. And I mean, obviously. I've I've shared in our uh, <laughs> I've shared a lot of my thoughts with Borny, and I still think there's a lot of things that you can do with this team to change the look of it and not give up on your entire core, but just have a whole completely different look to your team moving forward with regards to a consistent, consistent compete level. We're talking to Mike Fuda, former Los Angeles King executive, Stanley Cup champion, Sportsnet hockey analyst. So Futes, I want to pick up on what you just said. Uh, there's many ways to. S- have a different look here. And you mentioned Tavares and 99% of the people would say uh, he's on the, 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 the back three on the, on an 18 hole course and that he makes $11 million for two more years, has an, a no move that makes it an unmovable contract. But what I hear from you is you saying not necessarily. Okay. And here, Chipper, I'm just going to throw my, 
Okay. And it's not, for me, it's not water cooler stuff. Uh, if you can't just move the money, right. Then shift, shift the check, shift the chairs on the deck. Okay. There's a guy playing defense in Los Angeles that makes $11 million. That's right shot D. Okay. That's from the area that, Hey, is there any chance? And God, I don't know that John Tavares and his wife, they totally want to move to Los Angeles before that John Tavares wants to go down their competitive team to win a cup. That John Tavares goes down and helps the Los Angeles Kings and Dowdy comes home to Toronto. What kind of different look do you have there? And it's, I, I'm not saying you're just going to convince a team to move out $10 million or something like that. But I think that that's the kind of deal that clearly fills. You've still got a guy, they've got equal amount. I mean, I think Dowdy's got an extra year in his deal, but you got a guy that's still playing 28, 30 minutes a night in Los Angeles, fills a, fills a gap here. They grew up with the same, you know, love of Toronto. And again, it's just a thought. It's, it's, oh, it's a good thought. <laughs> we, Sammy, we like it here. What do you think of that thought, I'm, Sammy? I'm not just, it's, uh, so I've not been sitting. I'm not, like, My I'm ears not are perked up. Playing. Well, I'm not playing hockey pool stuff. Or, and you know what? All it takes is for somebody to say no. But it's certainly worth asking mm-hmm. because it, it changes dramatically. And you know what? If you offend somebody, so you're, you're still rich. We still love you. But we had we got to do something here. We didn't win. Yeah. I didn't like, I love John Tavares. I did not like him acknowledging how, and I mean, what is his name? Buck is just, just grilling. But I didn't like the fact he was talking about how strong he was away from the puck in, in the Florida series. Like, that's not, that's not good enough from your captain. Right? And he's a class act all the way through and through. And he also said he, how proud he is to be the captain and what a pure honor it is to be the captain. Well, for me, I mean, it's not, I wouldn't necessarily just throw it over to, uh, to Mitch or, or, uh, or to uh, Austin, or, or I'd find a way to get the guy that come across from me as the captain, like the true, true, true blue captain was Ryan O'Reilly. Just everything about him oozed the right type of leadership. So, I mean, whatever. I don't I think you can find a way to make some creative things where this team, you still keep your big horses in, but uh, you go out and you find some pieces. And it's easy for me because I'm not under contract with anybody, so I'm not tampering with my thought processor. And so I'm just throwing out there some different ideas of how you can, I think, make this team just as good, but uh, you're not going to be ever be questioning at the end of the day, where was their compete when it mattered the most? And not that they don't care, but you see everybody, it was kind of, it's like an off crowded thing. When you say this team, we did everything possible to get tougher and grittier at the trade deadline. Now, what are we saying? Florida did. They out they outmuscled and out toughed us in the first few games. So we didn't really do it. We did it. We did it to the best of our ability, and I thought he did a great job. But I loved watching Achari play, right? And I love these guys finishing their checks. And and Luke Shen, okay, <laughs> how good was Luke Shen? Yeah. Okay, but for me, Luke Shen comes in with making eight fifty or some morning. So here's a guy that comes home, reinvents himself, and somewhere along the where somewhere along the way, he decided that Connor Timmons was worth three years at one point one million dollars. When he's in your nine hole in the press box, and now you're like, money's so important. Where are we going to find the money to get Luke Shen back? There's just some stuff that's just a little baffling. But Bombers and up, I know they all want to. I mean, it was so funny talking to Shenner and and uh, even Simmer. How much, how pride. I mean, obviously Simmer had a tough year with his his minutes and stuff and his relationship with Kiefer, but it's so incredibly, incredibly nice to hear these guys talk about how proud and to be a Toronto Maple Leaf in every aspect of the way. So then (laughs) why right now 
this team not thinking, if you're already a gazillionaire, what would my legacy be if we could ever properly get this done? Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, I'm taking a couple of days to think about whether I still want to do this. But it's interesting when you think about the, the guys you're talking about that came in and provided that element of leadership and grit and whatever. It's O'Reilly, it's Achari, it's Shen, it's all these guys from the outside who are now free agents. On the other hand, the team didn't score enough feuds, right? Seven straight games or they only scored twice. You know, it's hard to, it's boring. It's yeah, so yeah. hard to, like, I mean, it's hard to imagine, right? When you I think know. about it, because they've got guys that notoriously can do that. But I mean, there's, I mean, obviously this not nice kid is, is found money. Like this kid's going to be an exceptional hockey yeah. player, right? Who you probably got to think is going to, you don't want to overdo it as we tend to do, but he's probably got to be a 15 to 20 guy at his age, like by automatic. Oh yeah. With who's going to play, and maybe, and that could be very low, but I mean, there's there's other players out there to, I mean, and I know the kind of your Nylander head stuff, but there's 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 some things around where you can don't play offense. You're not going to take that, you know, you're not going to take that um, skill set, incredible skill set they have away, but you're also going to allow them to um, to produce more and produce goals. There's goals out there be having the part that I, and this is the part that really sucks for me, is because I'm an English major, is when I sit here at night with my glass of wine trying to work the cap and I don't have anybody from the office with me. <laughs> Bring me really trying. But I am looking, I am looking at stuff that yeah. says if I'm right, is that and it, and that's the one thing I did catch from Crowley the other t- too, is it sounds like I think there's a lot more cap space than is being publicly let known. And just a sense that if you know if you do buy out um buy out Murray, I believe you get a four million or four three cap like off your cap next year. If you, I, I believe respectfully, cause I love this kid to death that if Jake Muzzin comes in and goes on LTIR because he's not going to play again, that I believe there's another $6 million that you have to spend. Yeah. So there's, it's not just like dropping a bucket and I'm not saying you turn around and throw it all at bunting or, or whoever it is, but I think there's some collective ways to do it. And I mean, and the other area that I would address right up is somehow whether I had to do it. I know I probably said this name to you boring a thousand times. I would be overpaying for Nick Delorier or somebody in a heartbeat that comes in and God bless Simmer. But if you don't think he can do it anymore, someone that doesn't allow your stars to have to take face washes and crap. And yeah. Shanner does it. Shanner does it, but Shanner's not a fighter. He'll do it, but he's not going to hurt anybody. He's just going to do it because he's a great teammate. I'd bring somebody in that just gets people a little bit worried about talking or touching our multimillionaires. Particularly in the regular season. Yeah, I love the only problem too. is if, if you're a Chari and you want to raise off your 1.5 because you led the playoffs in hits. By 20. Uh, chances are <laughs> he might eat up that money. How old is he, though? He could. 31, yeah. Yeah, but there's still there's some... There's some interesting there's some interesting ways to, to, to move it around. Now, again, I get a little bit... And I remember it's, we're talking about it, but I mean, like, I think I don't know why, why they need to sign Yarn Crock for so long, for for so long. But that's everybody for every, you know, I, I bottom line is I think that Kyle Dubas' good decisions have far outweighed his bad decisions. And that's certainly what you want out of your general manager. And he's made some tough ones, but I mean, I, I still think you can you can grease this team up by not spending big big money and spread it around a little more and and just have a little bit more playoff ready roster than a team that we are going to once again get 
so excited about 140 points, whatever they get in the regular season. And then it just seems to change when it's time to, to strap them on for real. Futes, if, uh, if, you're, if you're saving 4.3 on the cap with Matt Murray, are you okay just to hand, him, hand it over to Samsonov and go wall Samsonov, Samsonov next year? Uh, and I wouldn't go that high with Samsonov. I think he's he's left him. I'm sure Pat Morris wouldn't want to hear that. But if you, uh, I think he enjoys it here enough that there's not doesn't require that big a bump. Three five, uh, three seven yeah, would, wouldn't hurt me. Wouldn't hurt for a couple of years. Hey, just to say we are a great spot. We love you here. You're going to be working with. I, I really love the Wall Kid. But you know, prove it to us. Just prove it. You can stay healthy. Just prove it. You can stay healthy before we give you the money. Might have to give him no. an extra hundred just to deal with the traffic. Did you hear oh, his God. comment? Doesn't like it. Yeah, we're, in his defense, like it sucks. What, what and it's going to get worse. What did so. you, you, you like Toronto? You, uh, no, I hate the traffic. Oh, didn't I say that too? He was here for like a day, and he's like, Ugh. "Oh my God, well, they should go down." To, well, they can't go to LA then. Holy <laughs> yeah, smoke! Fair. Here's a free app of ways. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out, buddy. Hey, Futes, thanks for doing this, man. I appreciate it, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. Mike Fiel. Anything, uh, Sammy? Dowdy for Tavares. Yeah, then I looked at the Dowdy's contract. 11. Yeah, for like 100 more years. No, two. No. Three? 27, 28, 11. Ah, Futes got us excited for nothing. Uh, but I, I do like the idea. Like, of what he's getting at, where you have a problem contract, we have a kind of a problem contract. Let's, you yeah. know, a culture shift kind of trade where you take someone else's problem that may work. I am now a believer that there's no such thing as an unmovable contract. Yeah. It's something can be done. Yeah, you can take it a first round of some pretty big grenades. And the only thing them. is they, they spent, they've spent a, a ton of assets getting out of those contracts. Yeah. And look at Seth Jarvis. God, he would have looked good as a leaf if it didn't cost you getting rid of Patrick Marlowe. Yeah, that's what happens. You've been all in for 100 straight years. Yeah, Seth Jarvis, can he can move. Okay, we need another break, Sammy? Yeah, let's hit a break. Okay, Daryl Ray, Dallas Stars TV analyst, will talk about the Final Four and what's making this magic run for the Dallas Stars here. Yeah. Is it goaltending? Is it Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan? More with Daryl Ray after the break. You're watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590, The Fan. My mic is on. I can hear you for what it's worth. Did you? I was about to say there's more than hockey life after the Toronto Maple Leafs. And there is. Including a conference final starting Thursday night. Panthers and the Hurricanes and then the Dallas Stars. And Vegas, go at it Friday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Let's welcome in Daryl Ray and get in on that action. Razor, what's going on, buddy? Um, nice uh, nice run so far out of the Dallas Stars, and you've been along for the ride. 
Yeah, I mean, they they have lived up to some expectations and I had to win a couple of series different ways. And, you know, their power play was was a weapon for them against, at times, an undisciplined uh, Minnesota Wild squad. And then they got uh, into a track meet with the Kraken, who were extremely impressive and had to beat them as a team. Can't beat that Kraken team individually. You got to match all the team speed and teamwork and connectiveness that they had. And it took the stars seven games to, to dispatch them. So they, you know, they're relatively healthy and, and they have lots of uh, great pieces that make them a tough team to bounce out of this tournament. That's down to four now. Razor, we're looking at uh, this Toronto Maple Leafs team that's out and they had some shortcomings from their elite players. The Dallas Stars um, have got some unbelievable play from Rupe Hintz, 19 points in 13 games, including nine goals. Tell us about the top guys on Dallas, you know, their expectations versus how they've performed uh, in terms of getting them through two rounds here. Yeah. Justin, are you guys still in the Leafs post-game show? Is we, that still going on up there? Sorry about that. It's, <laughs> we're into week three. Send food. <laughs> uh, look, Hints right now has to be, you know, certainly one of the front runners for MVP of the playoffs. He'd be a Conn Smythe uh, candidate. He, you know, his ability to, to gallop and, and create, but at the same time, he's, he's a line driver for that, that line. And, and they're as good as any line in the league with Joe Pavelski on right wing and Jason Robertson on left. But Rope is kind of the one that, that makes it go, uh, kills penalties. He's a big dude. You know, he's, he's six, three, two twenty. Like I, I mentioned, can fly. I don't think he gets anywhere near the recognition that he deserves. And it may, maybe it takes something like this to, get that in North America um, through the media. And one of the things that that's uh, hampered him a little bit in that regard is, and would help obviously last night, he scores the first goal of the game in very rope hints fashion. Uh, he, he's missed or he's been injured in these, in these game sevens that the stars have played. He, he couldn't go in Calgary last year. And he, and he's such a difference maker. Uh, you witness him every night. I know Pete DeBoer's talked about how he should be included in Selkie conversations, and he probably deserves some of that. But he's just such a well-rounded player. And it's difficult, I think, for a lot of teams to match up uh, with him because of the combination of size and speed. You mentioned uh, Rope. You mentioned Robertson. Uh, we know what Ottinger's meant to them. We know what a stud defenseman uh, they have in uh, in Miro has has in yet um last time i checked at least uh, the last few years the face of the franchise kind of belonged to ben and sagan and that's what the salary said but that's not the case anymore or they are playing like the, those type of guys or they've comfortably fit into good supporting guys yeah no there's been a you're right kipper there's been a shift and it's a great thing about the playoffs nobody really talks about salaries and contracts it's just what have you done today yesterday what are you going to do tomorrow in these series and you know Tyler Sagan last night in game seven that might have been the best playoff game I've seen him play for the stars and Jamie has run uh, our ridden shotgun with 
that amazing precocious kid Wyatt Johnston all season rape from training camp and uh you know the the sort of style and the four-line approach that DeBoer has brought in here has allowed those guys to maybe not feel like they have to shoulder so much of the burden for Jamie you know he he's had I've kidded and called it the renaissance and and it really has been it's been a renaissance of his his old game where you know he's a he's a factor offensively he's been great on the power play but very responsible and and uh, and just had a, a, a fantastic season, but fingers don't get pointed all the time because a lot of the a lot of the offensive uh, load carried by that top line and Jason Robertson who had uh, you know an MVP like season for the team he's been a little quiet in the playoffs but he's getting a lot of extra attention with Tyler he said to me a while ago that. Uh, you know, I'm I'm essentially coming out of the out of the three hole here right now. And man, you're you're a pretty good team when Tyler Sagan is is your third line center or right winger, and that's where they're at now. They 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 attack with with some depth and and waves, and I think it's really and he's embraced it. You, you know that that's the other thing. You haven't had these veteran guys that are like, well, hold it, I need to be on the first power play unit, and I need this, and I need this. It's like, what do you need from me? I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. And, and with that four-line approach, they, they play with a tempo and energy uh, that, that's difficult for teams to match. So I think it's worked beautifully. Well, it's unbelievable how, how it has, you know, you've gotten success from a lot of these guys who've kind of been through it before, Sen, uh, sorry, mm-hmm. Ben and Sagan and Pavelski and whatever. I, I did want to ask you about Jason Robertson just ha- be having a bit of a slower playoffs compared to regular season, like 50 goals, 110 points this year. He's got two playoff goals. You know, w- again, we see that up here um, with some of the stars. It's tough to get to the right. middle, right, when you haven't been through it and haven't really dealt with that playoff style before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's been a little bit surprising just because he's been a, a young player that whenever there's a hurdle or something that is perceived as a as a weakness in his game, he he overcomes it. Uh, I remember his his first year he, he was dazzling at home, but uh, he could get shut down on the road, and he was challenged by by the coaching staff and, and by Rick bonus, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to have to be a guy that can play on the road and produce on the road, not just in one building all year. And then he came out and he was, you know, okay, check that box. And uh, teams, you know, obviously try to target him physically and he's been able to handle that and everything, but the playoffs have been a bit of a different animal and primarily it's just been, it's been power play points and, and not so much at even strength, but, I mean, a pretty bruising series against uh, the Wild. And, uh, you know, he's still factored in on the power play. And obviously, that was a big part of the equation in that series. And then you get into this, again, this track meet with the Kraken. And, and that's not really his game. He, you know, he, he's not going to be able to, uh, you know, zoom around the rink like some other guys. But he's played crafty, you know. like And he's the thing I, I appreciate, about, appreciate about him is that he never really cheats for offense. Like it might not be there and he was getting a lot of shots blocked in the playoffs. And maybe that's a learning curve for him too. Cause he went through that in past and said that he wanted to make sure he got more shots through led the team in, in shots on goal this year. 
along with every other category, it felt like. But he, uh, you know, he, he's not a detriment in his own zone. He's not turning the puck over. You know, he, he's not a problem that way where he's, some guys maybe start to cheat and cherry pick a little bit because they feel the heat that, that they're not producing that much. And he hasn't been that way. And again, you know, when everybody else is producing and, and you're getting goals from, you know, three and four lines and every now and then your defense, and then he chips in on the power play and they're winning. It's not really that big of a problem. Uh, and it probably would scare the, the Dickens are, are worried the other three teams that are still alive more so than the stars who've been successful, even without him going off offensively. One more for me, Daryl. And we're talking to Daryl Ray who covers the Dallas stars uh, as they get ready for their conference final against Vegas. Peter DeBoer seems like he's done everything, but win a Stanley cup, but when it comes to taking teams deep or having playoff success and certainly that seven and oh, record in game sevens is really standing out right now. What has he been able to do with this group uh, that's enabled success? He's opened them up offensively a little bit. You know, they <laughs> we were telling the story. I was talking with Jamie Ben early in the season. Hey, you'll appreciate this Kipper because, you know, Jamie's such a responsible guy and they played a certain way here for a long time. And, and with this system, a lot of times the the forwards and wingers in particular are just going to blow the zone, like just take off. And it, it stretches things out, creates a little more space for them offensively up the ice to get out of their zone a lot quicker than they had before. But Jamie was feeling like, am I cheating the game here? <laughs> like he wasn't, he wasn't quite sure that this was comfortable. And it was reinforced by Pete and Steve Spott and the coaching staff. Yeah, no, this is the way we're going to, we're going to go. And it's really helped Jamie's game. It's, it's obviously helped their offensive side of the games, but, but it also uh, isn't just slanted toward offense because they were a sharp team defensively. Uh, they, they didn't give up much. You saw it in this series against the Kraken when they really needed their defensive game to, to step up and bow up. They did so on home ice in game five did it again last night where, where they were just suffocating. And it's that, it's that swarm that's that aggressive attacking puck pressure defense that he's brought in that has helped that. So it's really both directions. And then you look at uh, a game like last night and, and he was trying to deflect any of his impact on at that point, you know, six and Owen game sevens to just, you know, players win game sevens, not coaches, but the reality of that is that they most of the game sevens that he's won now have been on home ice. And you don't get home ice advantage in a game seven w- without a stupendous regular season. And that goes back to coaching and, and how you guided the team. And then on top of that, he's very good. It feels like uh, just keeping things as they were in the regular season in these pressure situations come playoff time. So, the normality when facing finality I, I thought was in, in place again last night with it where they just looked like the Dallas Stars usually look and didn't give any quarter to the Kraken and, and won it in uh, defining fashion with a couple of goals that are very Pete DeBoer system-like goals and then just crushed them defensively. 
The last one for me is uh, just looking towards a, a preview of a conference final. How do you think this Stars team stacks up against a Vegas team that was very good, won their division in the regular season? Well, for me, they're they're the best and were. I mean, obviously, they're the best two teams in the conference right now because yeah. they're playing in the <laughs> conference final. But but throughout the regular season, I I really thought that they were the best two teams uh, out here. Uh, certainly the the stars. I know they didn't win the division as far as points in the regular season, but felt they were the best team. Uh, you know, Colorado was such a banged up club for most of the year. And then out in the Pacific, uh, you know, the, the golden Knights ability to, to just get over injured netminders and just keep winning and injuries within their, their world and, and win enough was amazing. I, I think Bruce Cassidy did a terrific job in behind the bench there. Stars did go 3-0 and against them in the regular season. Two of those went to overtime. I don't know that the Knights ever had their full team. You know, they, they, they were always debilitated a little bit in that regard. Jay Gottinger played great against them. One of the best goalie games I, I witnessed this season anywhere uh, was a game in Vegas. Ottinger and, and Brassois uh, just matched each other for – uh, three periods in overtime. It, it was it was terrific. I, I think it'll be a great series. Uh, they're they're pretty evenly matched. It'll probably be a lot more uncivil than the series against the Kraken was. Yeah, uh, there wasn't a lot of animosity in that one. Th- this one could get nasty from time to time, and and the best team's going to come out of there. Just your thoughts on Ottinger and what you just mentioned that you saw during the regular season. He's got to give uh, Dallas uh, the edge there in that. Is he the best goalie right now for you out of all four of them remaining? Well, Bobrovsky's played uh, just out of his mind out there at, at times in the East. So yeah, I think we noticed it up here. Yeah, If I can recall, yeah. <laughs> I think you might be right. Yeah, I think he came up with a saver too uh, when it mattered. But uh, Jake, Jake has shown the ability to shake off the odd – uh, vulnerability uh, game and and bounce back with with just you know shut down what he does really well these these young goaltenders that have I don't want to call it swagger because he's not really a cocky guy but he has supreme confidence in him in himself and I think it it sort of emanates from the crease to the rest of the team and when he's on they play free in front of him understanding he's going to mop some things up in behind uh, so yeah I mean it's it's a short sample size. He's only played in three series in his uh, young career that's in its infancy, but uh, he he's showed out well, obviously. And uh, the I, I go back to the Golden Knights. Whoever the whoever's healthy, they just throw a net and he plays out of his mind. So uh, they they've gotten a, a lot of mileage out of out of a lot of net miners like a stable over there on their side and. And Ottinger's, he's going to have to be, he's probably going to get challenged a little more in and around his net. They go pretty hard to the puddle. Uh, And and he'll have to be a difference maker in in this series, proven that he's done it, uh, you know, on a heavy workload during the regular season. And then here in the playoffs where he was great as the series went on against the Wild, almost perfect in game seven against the Kraken and now a new challenge against the Golden Knights. Razor, enjoy covering this conference final, and uh, thanks for making time for us. 
You bet, Kipper. Congrats on the book, Justin. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for coming on yeah. today. We appreciate it all. You bet. Thanks, Daryl. Thanks, and yeah, I had a book too. <laughs> um, but you know, you don't have to mention that. That's okay. All right, it's called Undrafted. And it's very good. I read it. That's how I'm feeling right now, Undrafted. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. We'll pick you up the rest of the way here. We got 20 minutes. All right. I'm in for that. Um, you like Dallas? I'd like be nice Dallas. to talk about I've liked Dallas playing. since the bubble. Wouldn't it be great to just have the Leafs be playing in this round and we talk about the Leafs? It's funny how, like, everything shifts positive, you know? Like, they win that game 7-2-1, to one, and now it's like Sagan's been good, Pavelski's been helpful, like, all this stuff. You know, they're – instead of Robertson only has two goals and – God, I love that Wyatt Johnson goal last night. That was okay, I've cheeky. got Canali ties at home older than Wyatt Johnson. <laughs> that was a, better than my ties from is winners. He a teenager? He's very young. He just turned 20, like the day oh before the goal. Oh, my God. So Picks it up from the goal line, pulls it to his backhand. Instead of going behind the net for a circle, tucks it short side. Well, old Groob's there gave him a pretty good opportunity to do so, but you still got to pull it off. Like, yeah, he didn't, he, he didn't he hug the post. He just started to cheat. Um, okay, again, he, like, I'm sorry, but that reverse HV, yeah. is that what they call it? VH, reverse VH. VH. Yeah, reverse. Vertical horizontal pad. Just come on. <laughs> just stand there stand. and let it hit just you. Stand. Don't overthink it. Look at the angle that he's at. Just yeah. stand. Because he he missed a full junior season because of COVID, Wyatt Johnson. Wow. Yeah. So he played missed a full season in 2020. He played, played 19-20 and then played 20-21. And he scored a even, lot. Um, even Bobrovsky. Go back and watch where Willie Nylander is when he goes short side on oh, yeah. him to send the game into yes. overtime. Go watch. He's like a foot off the goal line. He's not line. even close to stopping that shot. Like, what are you doing? Well, this is the thing, you know, and part of it I thought was because the Leafs constantly took it behind the net rather than trying to cut in or yeah. make a shot. You know, yeah, he just kind of got used to being like, you're 100% going right. Behind. Ah. He just he brought he it just in assumed. At him. Yeah. So, and that was the start, Sammy, of the demise of Bobrovsky. And now he's going to ah. be terrible. <laughs> That would four, be awful. Four and out. I could really see him pumping hard here. I'll be surprised if his game falls off. He just looks so structurally sound right now. We're taking Carolina's a week off. Freddie Anderson right now. So you either get to watch Freddie Anderson go Great. in a cup or you get Great. to watch Bobrovsky go all the way after beating the Leafs. Delightful. That's Delightful. A mini puke in your mouth moment. Sorry, I'm forcing you to watch, eh? Oh, we got to... Oh. Like uh, Clockwork Orange? Oh, we still, like, we're still two, watching hockey after this? Yeah, 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 yeah. I will, you know, I always had a tough time watching, like, the next hockey game after the Leafs got put out, so... Especially the team that knocked them out, eh? Yeah. That's a tough one. I remember that uh, in the bubble after the Leafs got put out, the next game that Columbus played was against Tampa, and it went to five overtimes. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching... The whole thing and be like, that was a lot of hockey. But you know what's so hard, I think, is like when you watch a team in a full series, you grow to hate certain opponents and know their tendencies so well, right? Like by the end of it, you're like, oh, goodness. Like you're familiar with them. Like trying to watch that Dallas-Seattle series, I'm like, what what are the storylines? Who's doing what? Well, you know, it takes a while to re-immerse. You're not emotionally attached to it. You'll get there. You just got to commit from Just watch a couple games and then you're right back in it. You'll get there. But, uh... By the way, uh, Razor says go to the puddle, which I've Love never that. heard as an expression. Go to the puddle? They go to the puddle a little harder than uh, 
Leafs could have gone. Leafs could have gone to the puddle. A they could have harder. spent some time in the puddle, splashing around in yeah. there. <laughs> anyway, liked it. Okay. Uh, uh, because you brought me up to Gudis, uh, I just want to go back to um, Mike Fuda, who we just had uh, earlier on in the show about uh, Luke Shen and bringing him back. And what would you? How would you look at him? As as a guy coming back, is that is that a, a legitimate partner now for mm-hmm. for Morgan Riley next year? I'm watching. Doesn't Luke want to go I'm, back to Vancouver? Isn't that what we've all I, heard? I don't know. Like, let's, let's just assume we okay. don't know. Okay. And you and you, I made that up. You are the GM because right now I'm not sure they have one. Okay. Do you offer him something that uh, is attractive enough where you could spot duty him in? It can be a a 5-6, and some nights play with Morgan Riley. I think Futes makes a great point that Connor Timmons' contract kind of makes that... That's a weird A contract. non-option. That's a weird contract. Well, I think it's one of those ones where they're like, we're going to get at ahead of, you know, his e- Evan Bouchard value. He's going to be a PP guy for us. He's going to be worth four, and we're going to have him at 1-1. One, one. And then all of a sudden, it's like, I sure could use that Luke Shen guy for a million bucks a year. What did they give Connor? 1-3? No, 1-1. One, one. Two, yeah. two years this year. A one one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One way deals. Yeah. And what was he? The ninth defenseman? Yeah, they he didn't even they didn't even have a conversation about him in the playoffs. No, he was in That's just Rechevik or somewhere. Yeah, that, he was that, not that, on that this continent. Fuse is right. That makes no sense. Yeah, I, I think it's the old well, yeah, he, played, they, he played for the Sioux. May have so outsmarted they, they themselves they had to, they had here. To pay him. You know what's interesting? I got a little stat for you guys here. It's in my article today. Kip, you remember you're talking about how you don't think the Leafs are a great passing team. And so that was something that I, I thought in the playoffs could have helped them if they passed the puck a little better. So I was just looking at some passing stats today. I helped you write an article? You did. You do. Every, every one I write Thanks, comes Bob. from here. The, um, so the four teams left in playoffs in terms of all their passing numbers, so 16 teams in the playoffs, Carolina is 16th in D-zone passing. They don't pass it at all. They just dump it out. 16th in neutral zone passing, and then they're fifth in the offensive zone. So they punt, punt, just yes. get it in, get yeah, it out, yeah, and then yeah, they make yeah, plays yeah. there. Of the four teams left in all three zones, no one is better than eighth in any zone, in any whatever. Like, because playoffs are all punty, punty, punty hockey. The Leafs. Florida. The like, Leafs are the opposite, Kip. I cannot, like. Punt, punt, punt. Florida was unbelievable at it to the point where they were just, it must have been 30 feet in the air, dying at the top of the, the circles, never icing. I know, it was like shuffleboard or curling or something. They just had great weight. So uh, hold on, though. Hold on. Yeah, okay. So the Leafs are first in passing in the D zone. They tick, tick, tick instead of being yes. punty. They're like sixth in the neutral zone, and then they're eighth in the offensive zone. So they actually get worse at passing in the offensive zone, but they pass a ton in the D zone. Well, they love the three-foot dangerous in front of the net breakout. Florida Panthers, coincidentally, lead the league in goals five seconds after a turnover. Right, because they punt it out, hunt it down. Could we draw a parallel here? Uh, Carolina, Florida, Vegas, Dallas, 16th, 15th, 8th, and 9th. D zone passes. They just... You go get it. Yeah. Shoot it and get it. Get it in. But playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey is my point. And the Leafs are very story. good at moving the puck out of their own end in the regular season. <laughs> Not as good in the playoffs. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And then I don't know where you're the stat. That's that's interesting stuff. That's uh, right up there for me with uh, 
useful or useless. <laughs> that qualified as useful? Yes. All right. Yeah. No, I, I, I do. Uh, I find it uh, very fascinating for sure. But, you know, my, my biggest beef was that that at the center ice position, and I've gone through this before, but I'll just say it for now because it kind of fits the yeah. conversation that uh, Tavares and... they got three shooters and a pass. He's, he's a shooter. And Marner, or Matthews is a shooter. And there's just not enough... Uh, playmakers outside of Marner. Yeah. And to that, me it's, it's, that, that hurt the, the ball club. Yeah. And to me, it's not enough guys who can kind of make the right play, you know, that aren't locked into one thing that, you know, the, the two way sort of pass or shoot option. And Kucherov is like the prime guy. And yes. I know he got eliminated, but it's yeah. like, you have no idea what Disguising he's going right? Shots. Yeah. And then adding that unpredictability yeah. in a split second. And it just seemed like once Matthews had the puck, you know it was coming. Gonna take as many steps as he can and he just shoot the puck. Yeah. Yeah, that that line in particular, they they struggled getting close to the net. Anywho, I think we've done a thorough recap of that. Okay. Would you like to talk hear what some of Leaf Station had to say yesterday when I asked her some questions? Sure. I would love that. Well, we didn't get into any of it yesterday. We still have so much to get through. Okay, well, here's a good one that would pertain to some of the stuff we want to get to. From Zach Smith on Twitter. The NHLer? No. Between Ryan O'Reilly, Achari, and Shen, which guy do you think is the most likely to resign? I think... Achari. Yeah, I think Achari too. Yeah. But I don't know, like... What's Ryan O'Reilly's value? Is is Achari right now, like, if I'm a Columbus Blue Jackets, I'd happily... I think what's going to happen to an Achari is going to be with Labushkin. He's going to get, he's going to Labushkin himself. <laughs> someone's going to give him three yes. years. No, at... someone's going to give him two and a half times two or yeah. three. And yeah. then, and then what? Then you go to the Leafs and say, okay, we'll give you two at four and yarn crock him again. I, I, already, I, I, already... <laughs> I love how you're using players as adjectives. I don't think he skates well enough. You know what well I'm enough. trying to say. I'm worried Achari's skating is not going to age well. And so I like the idea of having the him. Other, yeah. The other thing too is he's not a big guy. He's like five <laughs> eleven. Yeah. And he's thwomped for body, Mario. The, he's the, a, the body can break down if you're if you're over thirty and you yeah. pound it like he's that. Thirty one. He threw seventy hits in playoffs in eleven games or something absolutely absurd. And I'll tell you what. Another thing too is like these guys at this age, go give them three years at. Uh, Two and a half, and now it's like, oh, that's the last one I'm getting. <laughs> uh, the, the back's a little sore today. Yeah, I got three years of doing this. Yeah, I got to pace myself. Yeah, so you know the the most appealing is obviously Ryan O'Reilly, but only if you get him for what he is going to do, not what he has done. You know, you don't want to pay him like a Con Smythe winning captain. Somebody was talking. Uh, about what it would take Ryan O'Reilly to resign him, and they were mentioning like, well, Eric Stahl made this towards the end, and Vinny LeCalvier made this before the end, and I'm like, uh, O'Reilly's no. not there. No, he's not there. He's good. He's really good, and most teams would be signing him as a second line centerman at the worst. So, three years times so the, four point five. Maybe the one that they were alluding no, I, to. I, th- I have it. I have it north of five. Hey. Ah, but I, just for, for the Leafs, though, if he wants to stay. But imagine, like, if Bunting's going to get that, like, if pretty wants, easy call. If he wants to stay, yeah, I think that that uh, that that should be 
a four five or four three that, or four two. That might be part of if you trade one of the stars of the money that's freed up now goes to O'Reilly. And- I, I don't get the sense that he he had a an amazing experience as a Toronto Maple Leaf. No, that's just my gut feeling. Um, he said all the right things when you're talking about Eric Stahl. In 2016, 2017, he signed with the Wild for 3.5 for three seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. Maybe and that's scored what one year 40 goals. He scored 42 goals, yeah. Wow. He, yeah, that's, he, a good, that's good value. He was coming off that. Remember when he got, traded to, he got traded to the Rangers at the deadline? And he was coming off that playoff run where he was no good for the Rangers. But then he went to um, Minnesota, 28-42-22. Pretty good value on a three point five million dollar contract. So yeah, maybe that's you're not why getting uh, Ryan O'Reilly at uh, three and a half. Here's the thing, too. Sorry, let me know when you're done, O'Reilly. Yeah. I'll do Shen. Shen is. I want to sign him for the start of playoffs again. Like eighty-two game regular season, you want him to play sixteen a night with Morgan Riley. I don't know, boys. Yeah, I'd... I don't think that makes you Look, climb the standings. I think. The exact amount that he played this year for the Leafs is the perfect. Can they trade for him again at the deadline? Yeah, exactly. And maybe, maybe the answer is yes. Yeah. I don't know. Tough to get all those guys. I can see everyone to me has let Kerfoot and Hall walk. Do you have, if uh, Dubas is back, you can't oh, tell me Hall's yeah, yeah. not going to get an no, no, offer. No. How, how old's Luke? 32? 33? Uh, Luke, Shin, age 33. 33. He's 34 in November. Do you have. Uh, would you have a uh, cap friendly to yeah, ask uh, if I asked you what's the most he's ever made his whole career? Yep. I should be able to pull Would he up. have made $4 million, three and a half million dollars? Luke Shen. Oh, I thought you were talking total. Yeah. 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 I think he signed that one with the uh, memory. He signed his a long term one with the Flyers. Of 25 million. Okay. Flyers, right? But he where's the long one? Who's, who's he made the most money with? Flyers. I don't think he hit a big contract with the Leafs. No, uh, to Sam's point here, I got him at a five-year deal signed by Brian Burke and the Leafs. That was 3.6 per year for okay. five years. And then I think that's the big one, boys. Huh. I thought I remember one with the... What would you... Would you not think that uh, he's got two years in him at... Uh, one five? Two, two. Two, two. It's a little bit more than Lubushkin. He's... Justin Hall money. One Stanley Cup, and there's leadership quality there, and he's a quality guy. He can't would, get two. He can't get two times two on the open market. Yeah, I would I'll, happily okay, give, give him two. Him two, two times two, sure. Hundred percent. The Leafs should go oh, yeah, two. It'll, it'll be there for right? him on the open market. I, I think so. Yeah, two million for two years for yeah. Luke Shen. You're doing that ten times a day. Ah, uh, yeah, that's how. Connor Timmins at one yeah, one. You're crazy. Yeah, you're right. He yeah. might ask for more. He could get more. I think he could. Like again, if his here's, value, here's a, a tough Buffalo, one, uh, Columbus, like you can't get two five. And listen to this: this is him in the playoffs this year. Those are bad teams. He in his he played eleven games. He had fifty four hits. He was on the ice for you know fifty nine percent. Was it fifty nine xgf goals yeah, for? Yeah, goals yeah, yeah. Eighty three percent goals for percentage. And he was on the ice for just two five-on-five goals against. Two five-on-five goals against. Like he was legitimately good, guys. Playing. I found him. uh, I found his uh, hockey IQ excellent. I couldn't believe how many times he went back on a puck under pressure and And just held on to it until there was a play. 
really, really good. He said he wasn't surprised by his own play. He said that he's been working really hard to get better with age. Yeah. Well, he, he did it. Lo- love the guy. Um. Now. Bunting? No, here's did you the, mention bunting? No, do you want to do bunting? No, we can uh, go, go, go here, where I'll you want to go. I'll mention it. Bunting's I'm, get, I'm getting big... the car. <laughs> getting ready to drive to the airport, boys. <laughs> You're not paying him for it. No chance. No. See, I think there's value there, but not at four. I no. Well, I. What do you do for them in the playoffs? Listen. Do you get a goal? Yeah, he crushed Chernak. Yeah, there, there's pretty, teams out important. there that, that, <laughs> that think that, that he he can come in and maybe put, they can put him on uh, their second line and he could score forty points, forty five points. There might be some teams thinking that that's worth four million bucks. It is. It is worth four million, fifty points or forty five points but on you, your second you line. You knew how I felt too is that I never envisioned Bunting being a top six guy. Yeah, I, but but he I, can't produce as a bottom six guy. Well, then you, you didn't really find the right fit for him. He's a third-line winger who can move up and down the lineup on short spurts. He doesn't really touch the puck until it's around the net. Like, he's not very involved in the D zone, not very involved in the neutral zone, and the O zone, you know, like, he's just... He has a good hockey IQ with the puck in terms of creating offense and finishing chances, which has value. It was but. just never heavy enough for playoff hockey for me. Yeah. And I saw that right from the get-go. And I told you guys... I don't think it's a good allocation of Leafs dollars. Uh, um, just the, the type of guys in, in the lineup, unfortunately, that couldn't contribute for the Leafs was significant. I told you, you're not winning with Kerfoot in the playoffs. I got to tell He's you. He's not... That guy was anybody no over. Use. I don't need everyone to, but he did not provide value Black seal. in any direction. Outside of, the, outside of a pretty OT amazing winner. OT winner. And listen, like I know it's sour, and but we will look back on that fondly in four or five years. No. Yes. You no. won't because you know no. you won't because you don't look upon anything fondly. fondly. Other than that, un- fondly. Other than that, unbelievable shirt you're wearing. You're, uh, yeah, that's, that's the only thing you look fondly on. This is the sh- like the sharpest '80s throwback, like, new nice. Can, can I say that the, I that, that, that the the chat was hot over this shirt? Oh, oh, really? oh yeah, they were like Kipper's got the you know the retro golf I shirt. I don't want you to take this the wrong way. It's a little bit of a bowling shirt. In and a way that I like. Yeah. You know, like in sort of this kind of... I got to feel that shirt. That okay. thing costs more than my weekly salary This is for not sure. a cheap It's shot. so funny that you say that because, um, you know, I was channel surfing and I stopped at the PGA uh, Bowling National Championship on Saturday. PGA. And it got in your head? Yeah. It got in my head. Like, like, Those I'm shirts just, are great. I turn it off. <laughs> Here you go. I am... I love bowling. In college, all of the boys and I used to watch bowling all the time, mostly because we were skipping class and it was on TV yeah. during the day. But, God, bowling is a really, really impressive thing. Good good social event. It's great. Shout out my boy, uh, Ron, who I think he has almost 10 perfect games. No. Yes. Yeah. Swoo. Unbelievable. What's bowler. your best score ever? Oh, my God. Probably like 180, really? 170. Have you ever I shot stunk. 200? I stink. No. I've gone two a couple times. Uh, really? Gone, I think the three of us might have a decent, 235. Uh, a decent Wow. Yeah, I've had... But the, I, I haven't bowled. You can roll years. the rock, huh? <laughs> there's not, there's, you, know, you don't wear shirts like this without being no. able to bowl. If you're and gonna... then there's that duck pin. <laughs> and then someone explained that you don't do it overhand. <laughs> I will say, like, amongst the greatest feelings in sports, like a swish, obviously, going bar down, hitting a home run, which I've never done. 
you know, like, like over a fence, I mean. Right. You know, bowling a perfect strike is one of the greatest feelings in sports. That's a dusty call. I don't agree with that. Are you that. kidding me? No, I, it's not up I'm there. Hitting a perfect strike and then knowing it's going to be a strike, big Sally. <laughs> hit the X. <laughs> I love that feeling. Uh, you're going to make a wonderful overweight Old guy. Middle-aged <laughs> man. <laughs> Still crusty at the Leafs, <laughs> going to his bowling league to complain uh, to his buddies. Dang. And then uh, my, to quote my favorite movie, uh, one of my favorite movies. Um, Shut up, Donnie. Yeah, Except shut the F up, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought I'd skip that for yeah, the, the Thank show. you. Thank you. Big Lebowski. All I don't even bring up any of the other points I have because we have more radio to do tomorrow. We got all week here, folks. We're going to give you our top 10 sports <laughs> moments <laughs> no, outside of hockey the rest of the week. What do you guys think? Just wait till Thursday when we're going hard on darts. Lawn darts. <laughs> 180. Also a sick uh, event. Croquet. I'm <laughs> not a post. <laughs> I mean, I'll go anywhere. Disc golf? I go anywhere you want to go, boys. All right. We've solved nothing again. Our thanks to Gord Stellick, Leaf Nation pre and post, which isn't coming to a um, radio show near you anytime soon. Not for a bit. We'll wait, we'll wait September. Mike Feuda, also Daryl Ray. Thanks. We're back tomorrow.